look at Acts chapter number 12, verses 1 through 17 tonight. We're only going to read verses 1 through 5 to start off. Acts chapter number 12, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says here now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. The title of the message this evening is, Is Your Faith Big Enough? Is Your Faith Big Enough? Uh, one last time, let's pray, and then we'll get into the message. Father, we pray this evening that you would teach us, that you would, uh, Lord, instruct us, uh, convict us where necessary, Lord, and help us, Lord, to, uh, to be uh, matured in your word and in your work. And Lord, uh, thank you again. Uh, for uh, not only inspiring your word, Lord, but preserving it for us. Help us to apply it in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we see King Herod Agrippa I. Uh, he was what was considered an Idumean, an Idumean. Uh, that means that he was a descendant of Esau. Uh, Esau and Jacob, you know, they were the twin boys of, uh, of Isaac. And so uh, th- those that were descended from Jacob would be considered Jews. And those that were descended from uh, Esau would be considered Edomites. Uh, eventually, they, they were uh, called by the name Idumeans, Idumeans. And so uh, Herod here, who's an Idumean, he sort of related to the Jews, but not exactly, not directly. Uh, he was uh, obviously Esau being the twin brother of Jacob, so he's kind of related to the Jews, but not directly. Uh, his great-grandmother was also a Jew, uh, and so he was part Jew. Uh, he always wanted to be accepted by the Jews. Uh, he always wanted to be uh, included by the Jews. And after he basically beheaded James, the brother of John, he beheaded him. He saw that it pleased the Jews. Uh, he saw that it made them happy. And so because of that, he says, well, I'll kill another Jew. Uh, and so he, he, he took Peter uh, and he put him in prison uh, with the intent to take Peter's life also. Uh, and so uh, when he killed James, he had him beheaded. Uh, and again, he, he said, okay, if this pleases them, then I'll take Peter also. Uh, let's look at verse 1 one more time. Verse number 1 of Acts chapter 12. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because, you see it here in verse 3, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, it made them happy. Uh, that was something they liked. It pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to take Peter also. Now, don't forget, the book of Acts is written uh, when the Jews, uh, who were obviously against the Lord Jesus Christ, they didn't believe he was the Messiah, they didn't believe he was the Savior, uh, they were against the church, against the Christians, against the believers, and so King Herod Agrippa I, he's killing Christians. The Jews are happy about that. Uh, they're excited about that. Verse 3. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, uh, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread uh, during the Passover, verse 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Uh, what I want to focus on this evening, what I want to pull out from this passage uh, is two groups of people, possibly three, but at least definitely two groups of people that teach us about faith about faith. 
I know pastor's gone through the book of Hebrews and, and he's talked, uh, preached much on faith uh, out of Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, this is going to come a little bit from a different angle here in Acts chapter number 12. Uh, we see two groups of people teaching us about faith. Look at verse number 5. Verse number 5 of Acts chapter 12. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Uh, we see Peter in prison. We see King Herod Agrippa I taking him, putting him in prison. Uh, and, but we see uh, folks praying. We see Christians uh, interceding. We see them uh, praying to the Lord for his... That's group number one. Group number one is the church, the people praying for Peter. All right, look at verse number six. Acts chapter 12, verse number six. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands, and the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. Now look at verse number 9. And he, referring to Peter, went out and followed him, referring to the angel. Okay, so this is what I call an angelic jailbreak. All right, they, they broke out of jail. The angel comes in, he didn't have to pick the lock. The angel comes in, he didn't have to, you know, tear down a wall. Uh, it's an angelic jailbreak. He, the angel says to Peter, get your shoes on. Hey, get up quickly. Put your coat on. Follow me. Uh, and Peter is following, look at verse 9 again. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Peter is thinking to himself, am I dreaming here? Is this real? Is this actually happening? Is this a literal angel that just came and rescued me and delivered me and, and broke me out of prison? Uh, it broke me out of jail? Is this really? He's in disbelief. Uh, he's doubting. However, he's still following. He's still following. Look at verse number 10. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own, his own accord. Uh, and they went out and passed on through one street, and forth with the angel departed. Uh, by the way, did you notice that uh, the, the, the gate, uh, it opened of its own accord. Uh, it, it, just, it just opened on its own. Uh, all kinds of miracles that we'll see here in a minute that are happening here. Uh, verse number 11. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety. Now I know beyond any shadow of a doubt. Now I understand. Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. So group number one, we see uh, the church, the, the believers praying for, for Peter. Uh, and they, they're praying, they're praying. Uh, group number two, we see Peter himself uh, he's like, I, I don't understand. I don't believe this. I'm doubting this. Is this really happening? This seems like all it seems like a dream. What's happening here? Uh, uh, we see these two groups. We see the, the prayers, uh, the Christians praying. We see Peter himself. He didn't actually believe what was happening until he was completely out of the prison, until he was past the iron gate, uh, until uh, everything was he's in the clear. Now he says, oh, now I believe. Now I truly know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God has sent his angel, that God has worked a miracle on my behalf. All right, look at Acts chapter 12. Look at verse number 12. Verse number 12. We're still talking about these groups here. Uh, the, the Christians praying, Peter himself. Verse number 12. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where, here it is now, where many were gathered together praying. 
Uh, we read earlier that the church was praying. Uh, we see here uh, this group meeting in, in the house of Mary. They're praying. They're praying. They're praying. Lord, deliver Peter. Lord, rescue Peter. Lord, uh, set him free. Lord, please work a miracle. Look at verse 13. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Now, here's this lady Rhoda. She hears Peter knocking on the gate. She, she, she goes and probably has some kind of conversation. Who is it? He says, it's me. And she said, whoa, I, I can't believe it. Peter. He's actually here. Uh, she, instead of letting him in, she runs back and leaves him standing outside the gate. Uh, not very kind of her, not very nice of her. And Peter's like thinking, hey, let me in first. Let me go in. And no, she runs back uh, in disbelief, in doubt. She cannot believe that Peter is standing there outside the gate. Okay, look at verse number 15. Verse number 15. Remember, we're we're looking at faith uh, and how these groups teach us something about faith. Look at verse 15. And they, she, she runs back in. She tells them, hey, it's Peter. He's outside. And they said unto her, you're nuts. <laughs> they said, you're crazy. Thou art mad, they said. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. She said, no, I promise you, it's Peter. I promise you, it's him. Then said they, no, it's not Peter. It, it's just a spirit. It is his angel, they said. They said, no, they, it can't be. It can't possibly be Peter. You know, Peter's in prison, right? You know, Peter's down at the jailhouse, right? You know, you know, we're still praying for Peter. Uh, they cannot believe, number one, that God heard their prayer. And number two, that God actually answered their prayer. So, so we see the group of Christians that are praying. They're praying for God to deliver Peter from prison. God answers their prayer. He delivers Peter from prison miraculously. And then when Peter shows up, they said, no, it can't be. It's impossible. How is this even going to happen? That can't be him. It, they would rather believe that there's some kind of a spiritual being out there than to actually believe that Peter himself has been delivered from prison just as they were praying. Instead of saying, well, praise the Lord, glory to God, he answered our prayer, I knew that he would. No, that's not what they said. They said, you're crazy, Rhoda. What's the matter with you? You must have bumped your head or something. You're you're nuts. That's not Peter out there. Don't you know Peter is still in prison? Look at verse number 16. Verse number 16. But Peter, he's still outside the gate. Rhoda left him out there. He's saying, hey... Let me in. Come on. But Peter, verse 16, but Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, look at the next three words. They were astonished. They couldn't believe it. Their their jaw, excuse me, their jaw hit the floor. Uh, They were baffled. They were like, I can't believe this has happened. I cannot believe that God actually answered our prayer. Now listen, this passage is teaching us something about faith. Uh, What this passage is teaching us is not that, it's not the size of our faith. Uh, You've heard people say, well, you gotta have more faith. You gotta have great faith. And you gotta have a greater faith. And, and it's not, it's teaching us it's not about the size of our faith that matters. What matters is that we actually act on, that we actually walk in our faith. Both groups were doubting. Both groups were struggling to believe. Both groups had their, their well, I'm not sure, is this really happening? Remember Peter, he says, is this really an angel? Is this really, am I really being delivered from, I don't believe this. 
And then once he came out, he's like, whoa, now I truly know that God. So he didn't truly believe, but he was still following. He was still walking by faith, even though he didn't understand it, even though he couldn't comprehend it all. He says, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to continue to walk by faith. And then the second group, uh, they were praying. Uh, they looked as if they had a lot of faith. They appeared to have great faith, uh, but they really didn't have great faith because when God answered their prayer, they could not believe it. Again, we see these groups. Rhoda herself was surprised uh, when she, she saw Peter was there, even though she was part of the group that was praying. She was surprised. Peter was doubting. Uh, and the group, of course, was totally uh, in disbelief. Now, listen, God still blessed them. God still answered their prayer, even though their faith was small. Their faith wasn't great faith. Their faith wasn't large faith. Their faith wasn't this humongous, you know, you know, we talk about people who, you know, people like this Schultz with man, great people of faith. I mean, they had tremendous faith and, and they just had big faith and, and God blessed their big faith. And that's great. I'm all for that. But listen, God also blesses those that have little faith too. God also provides for those that don't have much faith. And we need to make sure that we're not focusing on the amount or the size of our faith and we're focusing on the amount and the size of the God who we have that faith in. Y'all with me tonight? And it's, it's, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having great faith and big faith and tremendous faith. But listen, too many people focus on you got to have more faith and you got to conjure up more faith and, and you got to believe more and you got to have... Listen, these folks weren't believing. The prayers, the, the group of prayers, they weren't believing. Uh, Peter himself, he wasn't believing. He was doubting. Uh, he was questioning. What's happening? I don't understand. Uh, but yet, God still answered their prayer. You see, because Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8 still says, the Bible still says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Uh, and, and, and seek, and ye shall find. It still says, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. It didn't say, uh, ask with, with tremendous amount of faith. It didn't say, uh, seek with lots of great faith. It didn't say, knock with, with a ton of faith. It just said, ask, seek, knock. Verse number 8 of Matthew 7, For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Listen, if you have enough faith to ask, you have enough faith. Everybody with me tonight? Everybody still awake? If you have enough faith to ask, then you have enough faith. Three points that I want you to to see here in this passage, okay? Number one, small faith will still request of God. Small faith will still request of God. It's not about the great faith that you have. It's not about uh, the tremendous amount of belief that you have. It's not about how much, how faith-filled you are. It's not about how great our faith is. Look at Acts chapter 12, verse number 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. They were praying. They were asking. They were seeking. They were knocking. Okay, Uh, let me prove to you from Scripture, that it's not about the greatness of our faith. It's about the greatness of our God. Okay, in Mark chapter number 9, uh, we see a man who came to the Lord Jesus with his son who was demon-possessed. Uh, the boy couldn't speak. The devil would tear him. He would foam at the mouth, and, and he, had, uh, he would gnash with his teeth. And uh, the man had, had taken his son to the disciples, to the apostles, and asked them, can you please uh, cast this demon out from my son? They couldn't do it. And he comes to the Lord and, and he says, uh, Lord, can you please help me? Uh, the Lord says, how long? How long has his, his, 
son, how long has he been this way? And he says, since he was a child. So at this point, he must be at least a teenager or an adult. He says, man, this has been going on since he was a child. And then in Mark chapter 9, verse 22, the Bible says, And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. This is the Father responding to the Lord Jesus Christ. But if thou canst do anything, Lord, if you can, Lord, if you have the power, Lord, if you have the, 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 the compassion, Lord, if you have the mercy, Lord, if you have the grace, Lord, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Lord, if you can, can you please heal my son? Please, if you can, if you can. And the Lord Jesus Christ turned the tables on him and says, it's not about whether I can. Look at it. Verse, well, you, you don't, you're not turning there, but uh, verse 23 of Mark chapter 9. Jesus said unto him, responding to this man, this father, if thou canst believe. It's not about whether I can. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. Listen, the problem is not in my power, the Lord Jesus said. The problem is not in whether I can. I absolutely can. The problem is not in whether I have the ability. The problem is in whether you believe or not. Whether you have faith or not. Whether you truly trust that I can do what you're asking. And we all know the response that the father had to the Lord Jesus. He says to him in verse number 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, he's crying, uh, he, he's, he's, he's just in an uproar. He cries, he says, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He says, Lord, I, I do believe. I do have faith, but it's not very big faith. Lord, I, I do believe. I have faith, uh, but it's not great faith. Lord, I have faith, I believe, but I'm struggling. There's some areas where, man, I I don't know, and and I'm doubting, and I'm questioning. And yes, I believe, but there's still some spots in my heart that, that doubt. He says, I have faith, but it's small faith. It's not great faith. It's not big faith. Listen, he had enough faith to act on his faith. You see, we have to not try to muster up more faith. and uh, We have to act on that little bit of faith that we already have. Listen, let me say this. We need to not have faith in faith. We need to have faith in God. Y'all with me tonight? Don't have faith in faith. Well, if I just have enough faith, and if I just increase my faith, and, and if my faith could be greater. No, no, no. No, it's about us. It's not about having great faith in God. It's about having faith in a great God. Y'all with me tonight? Okay. Let me prove it to you again. All right. Another passage of scripture. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Uh, the, the Bible says this. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. That's a little tiny grain of mustard seed. If you have faith, small faith, a little amount of faith. If you have faith as, as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say, acting out. Uh, ye shall say, walking out by faith. Ye shall say, little bit of faith, little bit of faith. Ye shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. He's saying, you don't need a great amount of faith. You just need a little bit of faith, and you can act out on that faith and do great things. You see, what happens is we quote that verse, and, and we know the truth of that verse, but I think we, we, we believe it backwards. We believe it backwards. You see, uh, instead of believing that it requires the faith of a mustard seed, very little faith, to move a mountain to something great... We believe it this way. We believe that uh, that it takes mountain-sized faith just to move a little mustard seed. Is anyone, anybody with me tonight? 
Anybody ever felt this way? Like, Lord, if I just had more faith, Lord, if my faith was greater, Lord, if I could just increase my faith. And, and listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with increasing our faith and having great faith. All I'm saying is not to have faith in faith. Have faith in God. Peter didn't have a whole lot of faith, and he was delivered from prison. The Christians that were praying for him didn't believe, and yet God answered their prayer. Small faith will still request of God. Listen, you might only have a little bit of faith. This, this father said to the Lord, he said, I believe, but there are some areas where I'm struggling, Lord. Help me. I don't know. Have you ever prayed like that? I know I have. Lord, I believe, but uh, I'm just not, uh, I'm not sure. He says, keep stepping up by faith. Keep following. Peter didn't know. Keep following, Peter. Keep following, Peter. Small faith will still request of God. Number two. Small faith will still reverence God. Small faith will still reverence God. You see, that person that says, well, I don't, I don't know, I believe, but I'm struggling. I believe, but my faith isn't great. My faith is small. My faith is the size of a mustard seed. That person will say, well, I may not have a lot of faith, but I have some faith. I'm going to follow the faith that I have. I may not have a lot of faith, but I have some faith. I'm going to follow the Lord of that faith. I'm going to follow the Lord of the word of that faith. I'm going to obey. I may not understand it. I may not comprehend it, but I'm going to follow by faith. You know that if if you understood and knew everything that God wanted for you to do or to accomplish, it would not be a life of faith. What it would what would it be? It'd be a life of what? Sight. If if you or I knew everything that God had in store for us before we got there, You know what I would have done? I would have said, "Uh uh-uh, I don't think so, and gone in the other direction. Y'all with me tonight? I would have said, Lord, that's too scary. Lord, I can't do that. Lord, I'm not ready. And he says, I know you're not ready. That's why I'm not going to reveal everything to you all at once. It's a life of faith. In verse 5, Peter is in prison. In verse 7, the angel came. His chains fell off. Look at verse 8 of Acts chapter 12. Verse number 8. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself, hey, put your clothes on, and, uh, and bind on thy sandals, put your shoes on. And so he did. And he said unto him, cast thy garment about thee, hey, put your jacket on, and follow me. And verse 9, and he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true. He's like, I'm not sure what's going on here. This doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure how this is taking place. And wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel but thought that he saw a vision. He thought he was delusional. He thought he was seeing things. He thought he was dreaming. And listen, even though he didn't totally understand what was happening, he did not let his doubts detain him. He did not let his lack of understanding stop him from moving forward. Too many Christians want to give, uh, want God rather to give them every detail of every step that he wants them to make. If God did that, then we would not be walking by faith. We would be walking by Sight. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 8 and verse 24, the last portion of the verse says, But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Again, if we're going to walk by sight, then we're not walking by faith. And listen, the nature of faith itself, it means that there's always going to be some doubt. My question to you, to you all tonight is, is God leading you to give, to serve, to teach, to work in the nursery, to work in the AV booth, to be an usher, to go visiting, to hand out tracts? Is God leading you? And you say, well, no, Lord, I, I just don't, I don't know, I don't know, I'm scared. I don't. Is God leading? Is God leading? Well, Lord, I need my faith to be stronger. I need to learn more. Listen, we need to follow. If God's leading, we have little faith, 
Step out. Step out and say, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Help thou mine unbelief. Let's stop letting our doubts detain us. Uh, let's, 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 God says, he says to us, get out of the prison. And we say, well, I don't know, Lord. I, I don't know. And we stay in the cell. I don't want to stay in the cell. How about you? I don't want to stay in the prison. I don't want to stay in jail. I want to get out and I want to step out and I want to do some great things for the Lord. But it's going to require us to step out by faith. We put more faith in faith. We put more faith in clarity and knowing all the details than we put in almighty God. By the way, Peter didn't have clarity until he had already obeyed. He didn't have clarity until he followed the angel. He saw several miracles before his knowledge of the situation caught up. Uh, he saw an angel. That's miracle number one. Uh, he, uh, he, his chains fell off on their own. That's miracle number two. Uh, look at Acts chapter 12. Look at verse number 10. Let's see the miracles that happened before he totally understood. Verse 10. When they were past the first uh, and second ward, uh, okay, so somehow they got past uh, the guards. They got past everyone without anyone noticing. Miracle number three. Uh, they came unto the iron gate that uh, leadeth unto the city, uh, which opened to them of his own accord. Uh, that's miracle number four. Uh, we see miracle after miracle after miracle. Uh, and they went out and passed on through one street and forth with the angel departed. He saw at least four miracles here. At least, and then, and then, it says in verse 11, and when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod. And from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. I, um, I was doing discipleship with our, 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 good, our dear brother George Harvey a few weeks back. And uh, I forget the uh, particular booklet we were in. And he made a statement that was profound. And I liked it. And, and he says, God expects us to obey first and understand later. I said, man, that's good. That's good, George. That's tweetable. Amen for those of you that tweet. There's no twits in here that tweet. Anyway, uh, I'm the only twit in here that tweets. <laughs> so, listen, God expects us to obey first and understand later. But I don't have enough faith. He said, obey first. You'll figure it out later. But if you follow me, that faith will take you. That little mustard seed faith will do great things. Uh, we'll move great mountains. We'll move tremendous mountains if you step out by faith. Listen, if we spend our life waiting for God to give us absolute clarity, if we're sitting and waiting for God to give us such clarity that there is absolutely zero doubt and we're 100% sure where we see it as plain as day, if we're waiting for God to give us a sign and maybe write it up in the sky, listen, we'll never step out by faith. We'll never step out. If we're waiting for everything to be just right and all the planets to align and, and, and for us to understand every single facet... Listen, that's not faith. That's not faith. What are we waiting for to move forward for the Lord? Are we waiting for Him to write a sign in the sky? Are we waiting till it's an absolute fact? That is not faith. That's some kind of mystical and magical level of faith that makes you feel, ooh. Listen, that's not how God works. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct Thy paths. Step out by faith. We see, number one, small faith will request of God. Number two, small faith will still reverence God. And number three, and lastly, small faith 
will still receive from God. Small faith will still receive from God. Look at Acts chapter 12, verse number 12. We'll read down to verse 17 and we'll be done. Acts chapter 12, verse number 12. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in. She was shocked. She couldn't believe it. And told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. It's not really him. Verse 16. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Verse 17. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord, how the, look at it, how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. The angel, God, through the angel, says to Peter, now go and tell those guys over there. Those guys that are praying, go tell them. Go show them. Are those ones that were praying, yeah, I know that they're doubting. I know they're not believing. I know that their faith is small, but I'm going to bless them anyway. I'm going to answer their prayer anyway. I'm going to give them the answer to their prayers, give them their heart's desire anyway. Go and show them. Listen, we serve a God that's gracious to us, not just in salvation, but even in our daily walk. He knows we're going to stumble. He knows we're going to lack faith. He knows we're going to be doubting. He knows that uh, once in a while we're going to be tempted not to tithe. He knows that we're going to be tempted not to hand out that tract. He knows we're going to be tempted not to go to church. He knows that we're going to be tempted not to read the, the Word of God. He knows that we're going to struggle and we're going to stumble and we're going to have a hard time. He knows that our faith is going to be weak. He says, step out anyway. Step out anyway. Trust me. It's not about... Having great faith in God, it's about having faith in a great God. He is a great God, amen? Let's serve Him. Let's live for Him. Let's step out by faith and say, Lord, I'm not sure where this is going to land, but I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. The, the folks that were praying, they were doubting. They, were, they weren't truly sincere in their prayer. They said, Lord... We're just going to go through the motions and pray that you deliver him. But we don't truly believe it's going to happen. Lord, we're just going to go through the motions and pray that you uh, break him out of jail. But we don't truly believe it's going to happen. Listen, just like the, the father of that young man, he said, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. I hope and pray that you and I tonight uh, will look at Acts chapter 12 and say, Lord, I want to be like like these folks, and I want to step out whether or not I believe or whether or not I have great faith, I am going to step out. I'm going to walk by faith in you. Not because of my great faith, but because of your greatness. Let's decide. Is your faith big enough? doesn't matter. Because your God is big enough. Amen? Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this this challenge from Acts chapter number 12. We're so glad, dear God, that you recorded this for us. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to, to learn, to grow. Lord, to become the people that you would have us to be. And Lord, I know each and every one of us here in this room tonight are going to have areas. We do now or will eventually have areas where we're doubting, where we're struggling. 
Lord, maybe it's an area in, the, in our past that you have helped us, helped us to overcome. But Lord, every single one of us either has, is currently, or will eventually have doubts. Lord, help us not to have faith in faith. Help us, Lord, not to have faith in clarity. Lord, help us to have faith in you and you alone. You've proven yourself faithful to us, Lord, so many times, over and over and over again. Lord, help us to rest in your reputation. The fact that you are good, the fact that you are faithful, the fact that you have provided, Lord, even during the dark times, you've been there with us and for us. Lord, help us to take that little mustard seed size faith that we have and move forward and, and be willing to step out, be willing to do uh, things that we might be uncomfortable doing. Lord, be willing to go and, and minister in ways that we never thought possible. Lord, please use us greatly to impact this area, our families, our friends, our relatives, for your kingdom. We love you, Lord. Thank you, dear God, that our success does not depend on us, Lord, but it depends wholly on you. Help us to remember that. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.